What's up, everybody? This is Intuition, and uh, you're tuned into Kinda Neat. Thank you guys for checking in with me again this week. I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, so be sure to follow us on Twitter at That's Kinda Neat. Uh, follow my man, Ben Shim, behind the boards uh, at I Am Database, space with two S's. And follow me at It's Intuition on Twitter. The YouTube videos, man, they're up, they're running, they're starting to happen, they're looking cool. I'm really happy with the output so far. So be sure to check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash that's kind of neat. Uh, it'll say Lee Shaner under the videos. I'm trying to fix that once, you know, I, I got to figure out how to change the damn name because I don't want my full name to be the channel title. But uh Fucking YouTube is always changing shit on me. Um, news this week for the podcast. Uh, not only are we on iTunes, which you can search and subscribe. Um, and please, when you subscribe, rate us. Even if you hate me, just be a cool person and rate me five stars. Rate the show five stars. And then in the comment section, tell us who you guys want to see. Also, tweet at us who you want to see. Like a lot of me learning about new music and people that I want to interview is from you guys. And it always has been. So put me up on shit. I love that kind of stuff. But also we are on Stitcher. We are now on stitcher.com. We are on the Stitcher app. So if you download Stitcher, if you don't like using uh, iTunes or the iTunes store, we are on Stitcher. So some of you guys were bugging me about that. I did it. We're on Stitcher. Bang. Uh, I just got back from Arizona this week. I was in Arizona Sunday, Monday, Tuesday in, in Scottsdale for a photo job uh, with my man, Dom Cooley. Shout outs to Dom Cooley. Follow him on Twitter at I'm so Cooley, C-O-O-L-E-Y. Yeah, we were out there for a job. And it's funny about Scottsdale. Like uh, I, I was on tour last fall with Greaves and Budo. And we did like, I don't know, 13 or 14 shows. And I had two really bad shows. And I realized in hindsight that it's because I drank before the show. I just realized that I like can't drink liquor before I get on stage or I just turn into like an abusive father or something. Uh, and I'm very mean to the crowd, but you know, so the two shows that I had that were bad because I drank, like I just totally bombed one of them was in Scottsdale. So I didn't make any friends while I was in Scottsdale. So I had no one to like go come hang out with or anything. But, uh, I do have a friend there in Scottsdale. Well, he lives in, um, uh, some smaller city. I can't remember what it's called, but his name's Rod and he, uh, is a tattoo artist. So while I was there, I got tattooed. Uh, I've had this like beginning of a chest piece for a long time probably a couple of years now where I have like my collarbone done and then I have like the lower side of my man tits done and uh there's been this gap in between them for a long time that's always made me feel naked and I've been meaning to put an owl there and so I finally had a chance to go sit there on Sunday night and um get blasted for it took about three hours and goddamn it sucks I fucking I love the outcome of tattoos but goddamn do I hate getting tattooed it just fucking hurts. And it's funny because Rod, the guy tattooing me, uh, he's absolutely covered in tattoos. And uh, and I'm sitting there going, every time he's like doing an elongated shading fill or something, I'm going, oh, you motherfucker. And he's he's cool enough to know that like he's like, yeah, man, fucking getting tattooed sucks. Uh, you know, he's covered in tattoos, but he's like, I fucking hate every second of getting tattooed. People who tell you that it feels good are full of shit. And I completely agree with that. If you are somebody that enjoys the feeling of getting tattooed, I think there's something wrong with you because it doesn't feel good. But um, yeah, so now my chest is all shaved and uh, it just looks weird because as some of you guys know, I'm a little Italian and I have my fair plumage of body hair. So to have my belly hairy and then my chest bare, it just looks so silly. Uh, but anyways, while we were in Arizona, we were shooting uh, a minor league baseball team uh, and that shit was really cool because if you guys follow at all, um, or know about the music stuff that I do. One of my videos you could see, uh, called imagining I'm, I'm like throwing a baseball quite a bit. Like I used to play a little baseball in high school. I love baseball. I grew up playing baseball. So to be able to like be on these minor league fields, it was at a compound facility in Scottsdale where the diamondbacks and the Rockies, uh, do their spring training. It was fucking amazing. They're just like the fields were so perfect. I've never seen baseball fields like this. The grass was like golf course grass. It was so immaculately trimmed and you know, the infields were so perfectly groomed. It was just amazing. It was really cool to be a part of. And, um, at one point we didn't have enough players to shoot 
because they were busy playing games, they were busy eating, practicing, whatever. And the uniform that we were using happened to fit me. So I got to suit up for a bit and be like a stand-in bat swinger for some of the shots. And so that was cool. You know, I'm telling the owner of the team, like, man, this is fucking awesome. I feel like I'm at like fantasy baseball camp or something. So that was really cool to live a dream. Cause I don't know if I've ever really stated this before, but like, I've always been a bit of a pipe dreamer. It was like, you know, trying to be a successful rapper wasn't my first pipe dream. My first pipe dream was actually, I wanted to be a pro baseball player from the moment I can remember by the time I was like three years old and learned how to throw. Like I always was playing baseball. I loved it. Couldn't wait to fucking finally get into the little league after T-ball. I thought T-ball was such a joke because I could already hit pitches by the time I was in T-ball. And I'm like, this is fucking whack, dude. Like, why do I have to hit off this stupid T? You know, finally, as a youth in little league, I remember my first big heartbreak was uh, All-Stars when I was 10 years old in the All-Star tournament. You know, that's the one that you see on TV, the Little League World Series and stuff. It was my first year in All-Stars, so I was riding the bench most of the time. And uh, the last game, uh, they put me in. We were down by two, and it was the bottom of the sixth. And I was into pitch hint, and there uh, there were two outs. And... uh, I don't want to say that it was like a full count or anything because I don't think it was that fantastic. But, you know, it was just like I was up to bat. Uh, I got put in as a pinch hitter and uh, there were two outs and we had uh, two guys on base and we were down by two. And uh, this guy throws a fastball down the middle and I fucking roped it as a 10 year old. I just roped it. And uh, the kit, it was going right to dead center. People are going, oh, shit, it's gone. It's gone. Like people in the crowd were standing up. They were stoked. It was looked like it was about to go over the fence. The kid playing center field totally misplayed it. He ran forward first. And then all of a sudden he makes a mad dash backwards and almost slips. And uh, it turns out that it was this kid's birthday and he got the best birthday gift because he robbed me at the fence. Uh, what was going to be a home run turned out to be a robbed home run. And, uh, Man, I fucking dropped to my knees at 10 years old and I started crying like a little baby. It was the most heartbreaking thing. I think maybe that was my first bout of depression ever. I don't think I left my bedroom for like fucking two days after that. My mom was having to come bring me food because I was so sad because I felt like I blew the game for us, even though, you know, we were losing the whole fucking game. It wasn't actually my fault. But yeah, baseball, first love of mine. It was crazy being around the minor league dudes because you don't realize on TV like how big those motherfuckers are. Like, I was a good baseball player, but I was never an elite baseball player. I was really good for where I was at, but I was never elite. And part of that was because I was apparently very small compared to the dudes that were there. These guys were fucking horses, man. They looked like all of them could have been starting linebackers on your high school football team or something. Like, they were huge dudes. But yeah, it was it was really cool to be around, and I was stoked. Uh, Arizona has really nice weather, so hopefully the next time I go to Scottsdale, I will be nicer to the audience. And if you're at that Scottsdale show... <laughs> I apologize for saying that um, sometimes if you look really close at the Arizona Diamondbacks um, jerseys, they say D-backs. I said sometimes they it looks like they say D-bags and Scottsdale crowds didn't like that. So sorry, guys. Uh, so anyhow, now we're back and uh, we're in L.A. And we had uh, a lovely young lady named Bago on the show today. Bago is kind of a trip hop singer. She's got a really strong voice and a really cool aesthetic. And um, she works with one of my buddies, Alexander Spit. He produced the last EP that she did. And um, if you're not familiar with Alexander Spit, shout out to him. Give him a Google because he's got some really solid music and he's a great, uh, well-rounded MC and producer. So he produced her whole project and it came out as this really great kind of dark down tempo singer songwriter record. And I really dig it. Um, so I stoked to have her in here to talk to her. We recorded a really cool song with her that you guys can check out on YouTube as well. Again, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Please go subscribe to everywhere and follow us and just, you know, we're not going to take any time out of your life. If you do that, it only takes a few seconds. Thank you guys again for tuning in. And this is my conversation with Bago. sounds like a rom-com movie i'd be (laughs) love rom-coms i'd be down to watch that yeah what kind of movies are you into oh man i like bad comedy i like dramas what's the last one you watched actually i started watching what is it that that one it's like over 21 or what what is it called i don't know 21 and up or something like that yeah the it's like gross out comedy 
So I watched half of that. That was terrible. Well, you heard it here first, guys. Don't go watch 21 or not. Well, I did watch it. It was a bootleg version, so it's a bit blurry. I saw Spring Breakers. How was it? I liked it. I mean, they put Britney every time. What do you mean? The song, you know, every time. Oh, 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 oh. By Britney Spears. Okay. And game over. I haven't been keeping up with Britney lately. My well, it's, an, it's an old song. Okay. It's an old classic. And uh, I think that track alone was really like one of her. Are you into Britney Spears? Oh, hell yes. I wouldn't have guessed that. I mean, I was born in 88 and I'm like a 90s baby, you know. Britney is like, that's my bitch. So were you big into the boy band scene? Yes. Yeah. In sync all the way. Huge influences or what? I mean, of course, like the whole like pop phenomenon. I was a girl in the 90s. Like, of course. <laughs> Who is influencing you these days? Who are you fucking with? Oh, man, that's like such a hard question. Because like, I really am across the board. Like, you know, like I said, I grew up in the 90s. So like, I love pop and like R&B and like, obviously hip hop from that time from before that time. Now, but I mean, my favorites are always Dolly Parton and Johnny Cash. Etta James, Mahala Jackson. How'd you get into that stuff? Through the folks? Yeah. Where are your parents from? L.A. My mom was born in Hong Kong, and then she moved here. My family moved here when she was two. So I was born in the Valley, and then family kept moving south. Now they're in Orange County. What part of the Valley? Uh, born in Northridge. My first house was on Fair Avenue in North Hollywood. You started in the Valley and then moved to OC, mm -hmm. which I always find it funny. Those are like two regions in Los Angeles where <laughs> no one ever actually says the city. They just say, oh, yeah, I'm from the Valley because there are like dozens of cities in the Valley. Or they say, right. oh, I'm from Orange County. But no one's ever like, I'm from Fullerton or, <laughs> you know, I'm from Van Nuys. Right. Like they just say the Valley. Well, I don't know. I mean, South County and North County, Orange County are like worlds apart, I feel. Explain the difference. I don't know anything about it. I don't know, like Costa Mesa, like Santa Ana, like, you know, Huntington Beach. And those are south? Those are north. Those are north. Then, like, my family lived in Tustin for a little bit. You know Natalia Mantini? Yes. Photographer. So we grew up together, and we went to school in Tustin together. And then my family kept moving. So now they're in, like, San Juan. Capistrano. So that's more like Laguna Beach, Dana Point, San Clemente. That's like, yeah, damn near North County, San Diego. Yeah, just right there. It's a beautiful area. Oh, it's great. There's no beach like Laguna Beach. When did you move to L.A.? I moved to San Francisco for school, after high school, and then I moved back and I moved to, to L.A. Where did you go to school in San Francisco? I went to Fitham. Why not the Fitham in L.A.? Because, I, I don't know, I wanted to go out in San Francisco and not worry about driving and party. <laughs> How many years were you in San Francisco? Uh, almost four. Is that when you started really like working on music up there or were you doing it before that? No, I went to school and then got a job after school and just kind of was hanging out like, what am I going to do? You know, um, Alexander Spit, who produced Sunday's Best, he had just moved to L.A. So he came up to play a show and my buddy Johnny, who I went to high school with, he was like, oh, you know, this kid's playing a show. Like, do you want to sing? And. I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so you opened for him or you just saying? No, I just saying like backing vocals over his. I was so nervous. I got wasted. <laughs> it was a disaster. Was that your first show? Yeah. And what year was that? Three and a half years ago. This was for uh, this party called Blow Up. How did your friend know that you sang? I like always sang since I was little, like church choir and choir through middle school high school i sang the national anthem at my graduation and then we just like he moved up to san francisco too so we just like stayed friends and he was in like an electro kind of duo group called the tender lions and so he plays drums and so he was playing drums for spit set so that's how we all tied together and then i didn't really have any friends when i moved back down here so i was like spit <laughs> Where to party at? <laughs> yeah, because you guys are like the dynamic duo now. He makes all of your beats, right? <laughs> For this last project, yeah. Um, I've been working with a bunch of different people. It's been really exciting. What's the collaborative process like? Well, it was, like, really long, actually, because we talked about... After that show, we talked for, like, a long time about making music. And um, I would just, like... 
walk around my house and like make up little melodies and record little voice notes on my phone and I would send them to him. And then he'd be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Or like, whatever. And then I'd finally be like, come on, like, make me a beat or like, send me something. And this is before I actually moved to L.A. because we ended up becoming roommates. Right. You guys all lived on Normal mm-hmm. Lab, right? We all lived in Normal. So it took us a while for us to like go back and forth. And at that time, um, so one one of John, the guy that introduced us, right. which is weird because we both lived in the city for years and there's photos of us at the same party, but we didn't know each other. John's old roommate also like went to school for like engineering. And so he played the guitar and he was from Orange County as well. So we just happened to move all move around the same time. So before I moved to L.A., I was staying at my parents' house and just kind of like commuting back and forth, like figuring out what the hell I was going to do. And so Jack Rose would come in, like play in my parents' garage with me and like we'd fuck around with shit. And so I would send stuff to spit and be like, what do you think about this? You know, um, that was kind of like my first stab at songwriting. I was like always too scared or just never really thought that was like what I could do. And um, yeah, then just eventually it was like he would send me beats and then I would just write over them. So they like he'd be like, you know, we can like rearrange these. And I just be like, well, I don't really know what that means. So we'll just like I'm just going to go in, you know? Yeah, that's always kind of like how it starts is like you don't realize, oh, hey, producers can resequence things. And so <laughs> before you're learning to like count bars and measures, you're just writing. Right. It's like, oh, the beat changes here. I need to change what I sing right here. And then eventually the songwriting process kind of becomes something where you uh, are maybe writing just to a loop and then having ideas for the change ups yourself i would imagine mm-hmm. at first we didn't have any money so we we're like okay well we try to get like the homie who was like interning at some studio to like help us out because we were both new to la you know we didn't have that many friends and um then we're like fuck it we'll just like build a studio in the house so we started saving up all our money and like getting a mic and then we'd get this and then we'd get that and then finally we had like a studio at home so we just would like be in our sweatpants and like <laughs> slippers and be like, all right, you want to work on some stuff? And then, you know, tell me a little bit about the normal Av compound, because it's kind of this um, strange little oasis of artistry um, over on like what is like off Vermont. Yeah, off Vermont, like right by LACC. And there's a lot of just creatives that live in you guys house. And it's kind of it's just interesting. Tell people about that dynamic. How'd you end up there and what it's all about? Well, originally, like I said, when I came down here, I didn't have any friends. So there was four girls that lived upstairs um, and they became friends just from being neighbors. And so we would like all party together. And then this girl, Alex, was like, hey, well, you don't have a place to live and I can't drive. So why don't we share this room and, you know, we'll just figure it out. And I was like, all right, cool. So I'm like trying to find a job. And so that was when we first started working. And then uh, a room opened up downstairs and I moved downstairs. And it was me, Spit. I just moved out of there January. But it was me, uh, Brick, Spit, Jen, and Trevor. And Trevor, uh, DJ Skeet Skeet, producer. He's like business mogul, man. Yeah. And then Brick Stoll, <laughs> who's also like a photographer slash tour manager extraordinaire. I'm going to have him on this show one of these days. We've talked about it. He's just always busy. Yeah. He's on tour for like forever. forever. He left and he's like, it's going to be a while until I see you next. Yeah. Um, Jen works for PR firm and then Spit. And um, Yeah, I mean, everyone was just kind of doing their thing, you know, and we would like feed off of each other and give each other ideas or be like, no, that's whack or, you know, whatever. And you would meet so many people because there's so many people that live there. There was like so many people coming in and out of the house and we were all just like best buds. Why'd you move out? Just check out a new spot. I moved out with my my boyfriend. So how long has that been going? About a year and a half. The moving in is serious. He's always on tour, so he pretty much lived at normal with us. Because he's in a band, Trash Talk. I think I'm going to probably end up having Lee on here as well one of these days. But yeah, Trash Talk, really good hardcore band. They're killing it. They're playing Coachella this year. How'd you guys meet? Uh, Through Brick. They met like South by the year before. How is it with a boyfriend on the road? Tough or is it easy to deal with? Well, you miss him, of course. But it's great because then you have time to like, he can go do his tour thing and... 
I'm still writing music all the time. Accomplishing your own goals, having time to do that. Yeah, and like we really like support each other in that. So it's because you know, if you want to make good music, you got to have that time to like do you. So this is kind of that allows you to do that. You said you came up here and got a job. You still working? I work at a dispensary in North Hollywood. Oh no! Yeah, it's called Varieties for Life. It's great. Check it out. Is weed a big influence on the music? I mean, I don't really think I'm like a stoner. Like, I don't, you know. I would but, say the music's trippy, though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, everyone knows about Spit and his fun drug trips. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, no, of course. I mean, I love the pot. <laughs> Did you ever go through a heavy party phase? Yeah, drinking in San Francisco. Like, when you don't have to drive, you know, it's like pounding gin all the time. But <laughs> now that I live in L.A., it's like... Drinking's different, I don't know. Was it ever an issue in San Francisco, though, since there wasn't any of that stuff? No, I was just young. Um, You mentioned that your mom's side of the family moved over to the States. Where's she from again? Hong Kong. Half Chinese, half white, is that what it is? Quarter Chinese. Quarter Chinese? So your mom's half white? Well, no, she's Portuguese. She's, like, way darker than me. I, like, I'm super fair, but, um, yeah, my dad's, like, the white European mutt. Where? How did they meet? Uh, I think like friends of friends in high school. Do both cultures kind of influence you still? Are you close with your mom's side? Oh, yeah, of course. Chinese culture is like my grandma was like played a huge role. So she's like second mom. That's like Grandma Lily, man. That's my everything. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm close to, to both sides of the family. My dad's side of the family now all lives in Tennessee. That's a cool place. You can shoot guns in the front yard. Are you into guns? Hell yeah. My dad was like, at, well, he did construction um, when I was young. So he was always like, my daughter's going to like know how to fix shit and like shoot a gun. So like five years old, he took me to the shooting range. No shit. In the 90s, it wasn't as like crazy as it is now. So you could actually take your five-year-old daughter to the shooting range. What were you popping off at five years old? Um, Handguns. I mean, any like 22 or like is just... Like, your arms aren't even that, like, long enough to hold that at that age. But there's not much of a kick on a 22. Um, I mean, there's a kick on everything, really. But he's standing behind me. You know what I mean? If I were to, like, shoot a gun at five, like, I don't have any muscle mass. I would, like, go flying. But um, I think it was in Sherman Oaks. They had, like, an outdoor range. I don't know if it's still there. But, yeah. What's the coolest gun you've ever shot off? Oh, man. Because I shot off an AK-47, I'm just saying. Okay, that's pretty badass. <laughs> that's pretty badass. Well, I don't know. I'm My favorite is the 38 Colt revolver. There's just something very sexy about that. <laughs> is that like a big, that's like a big six shooter? Well, it's just like, it's like a little purse. Oh, yeah, like, you a, know what I mean? like, like a little snub nose like, type thing? I'm kinda, yeah, you know, I'm just like here with this and... Don't fuck with me. Yeah, so you guys heard it here. Don't uh, <laughs> don't ever find Bago in a dark alley because she might no, have no, something no, in no. the purse. No, I got nothing in the purse. Yeah. So did you go to like elementary school in the Valley or Orange County? Elementary school um, in the Valley. Were you singing in plays and stuff when you were a kid? Like you, yeah, you mentioned choir. Church choirs. Um, I just was always singing. First song I memorized or learned was um, I Will Always Love You. Um, but that was when the bodyguard came out and, uh, that was big, big hit. I used to sing to my dog in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. W- one of my first girlfriends, um, broke up with me while I oh, was no. watching that movie for the first time. <laughs> so it holds a dangerous place in my heart. Yeah. That's a hit. That's a big song to sing. How old were you when you were singing that? Uh, well that came out when I was like five. Is there videotape footage of this? Of you singing this? I don't know. I mean, my uncle has somewhere like VHS, like, recordings of me singing Chinese karaoke. Wow. I remember, but I don't remember the song. I Probably if I heard it, I'd remember it. But uh, I sang the song in Chinese. Like, this was like my jam. And every time we do it, like, they had piano recitals. So they'd have all these, like, little, you know, awards and plaques and trophies. And so we'd, like, pretend to play the Grammys and, like, have the thing and play, like, the Chinese karaoke. Because, like, they only had Chinese karaoke. So I was like, what's up with the Spice Girls? And like, come on. You live in friggin' Rolling Heights. Like, we can we can get, like, the bootleg karaoke. Did you speak any Chinese as a kid? No. You could just sing it. Just 
that one song. Just the one song. What were you like by the time you got to junior high? You kind of have like a cool alt look to you. You know what I'm saying? Like dark and mysterious, always kind of dressed in black. <laughs> what was Is that a new revelation or were you always kind of ahead of trend as a teen? Well, high school, I did get best dressed, although my outfit in the yearbook is terrible. <laughs> in hindsight, it's terrible. But at the time, it was probably the shit. Yeah, I was cracking. I was like, yep. <laughs> Take my picture. <laughs> how, how are you dressing as best dressed? This sounds so bad. But I think I was wearing a dress over jeans. Like, I don't know. I think I had some fucking crazy fit on. Um, that sounds very mall rats. It sounds bad. It just sounds bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I dress kind of crazy always before. San Francisco dressed kind of crazy. When I look back in photos, I'm just like, Oh man, what's up with this hair? Like, <laughs> were you making your own clothes at the time? I would like sew things or fix things here and there. Like, when did you decide that you wanted to go to fit them? I would like sketch a lot. I wasn't good at all. I went for product development, so I sewed through my finger. Ouch. Yeah, that was a day. <laughs> what's product development all about? It's basically everything from start to finish, like from concept to design to manufacturing to, you know, product placement to marketing and international markets and kind of the whole thing. So, I mean, I've been able to apply it to everything that I really do. But um, when I first moved here, I got a job in the fashion industry and I was like, this is not. I went to photography school mm -hmm. and while I was in school, I kind of fell out of love with photography and kind of decided, oh, I don't know if this industry is for me, but I've always luckily been able to utilize the things that I learned and applied it to presenting my own you know, the right. image of me, not just with still photographs, but also with video stuff, it helps. And it's like, you can always kind of apply it, uh, that aesthetic. How has what you learned in FITM helped you with your music stuff? I mean, just kind of like being able to do a project and like understanding it from start to finish and like how the visuals play a role in all the, you know, all the imagery and like everything. When you and Spit decided to work on the first EP together, it's an EP, right? Or LP? It's like a mixtape. Mixtape. When you guys started to work on that, did you have a preordained vision for what you saw was going to end up or did it kind of form itself as it was going? It totally just formed as it was going. Like he would play these beats for me and I'd always pick out like the dark, like trippy shroom beats. <laughs> and then, I mean, all the writing is super dark. And I think I like, I just gotten out of like a relationship and I moved down here. So it, it was just like dark. So then I picked these really dark beats and just started writing. His aesthetic just... is kind of dark too. You know? Oh yeah, So it's sure. like, I have a feeling he's not <laughs> sending too many like floating down the river happy tracks to you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it definitely set a tone. But I mean, he's he's fucking great. How much control did you have in the marketing and stuff? Do you have people behind you helping or are you kind of like utilizing what you learned in school to help market yourself as well? I mean, it was just, it's all been like super organic, you know? Um, we made the project in the house and then um, a buddy, Adam, like I had the idea for like the artwork. And so I like hit up a friend and I was like, this is what I want to do. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and he like made it and we just put it out. Um, and it's just kind of been like friends really helping me, like playing it for other friends and, you know, now it's it's cool because I'm able to like it's open doors for me to work with a bunch of different people and kind of see and explore my songwriting, which has been a lot of fun. Can you mention who you're working with? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to give any spoilers if you haven't, <laughs> you know. The writing process is like so crazy because I've never really worked with co-writers. Um, so, you know, you get into these sessions and you start writing or you say you're just with a producer and then. You don't really know what's going to come of it. And then you get the demo back. You're like, oh, OK, this is kind of cool. And then with Spit, it was like so easy because he lived down the hall. So he'd be like, OK, let's fix this. Or like the time was whenever. Now it's more of like, you know, you got to schedule with them. So then you got to like go back. And uh, but I did go out to Chicago and I worked with Supreme Cuts. And those boys are awesome. Nice. We just like sat and it was snowing. I'd never been to Chicago before. So we didn't go anywhere. Right. So I. Stayed with one of them at their house and then we just go to the studio and we were there for like a couple days and like didn't leave. <laughs> We'd like go eat, but it would just snow. And I watched the snow fall from these two windows like onto this parking lot. Nice. And they would just like chain smoke and make a beat and then the other one would go in and then they'd be like, all right, do you want to record? I'm like, okay. 
And then we just go in. How did you link up with them? I, you know, we just hit them up. I, I wanted to work with them. And Have you been signed? No. I wanted to like, because, you know, this is, this project with Spit was the first thing I've ever put out. It's really important for me to like be able to do what I want to do. And I'm not really in the place right this second, you know, with this project, the CPM working on to like have anybody tell me what's up. You know, I want to kind of like build a foundation for myself and then go from there. You know, you talk to people and see what they what they got to offer. But I don't know. I'm more worried about or more interested in like writing good music. Today you brought in your manager, Anna. How did you guys link up? She found me on the internet. Oh, really? <laughs> she oh. met me like right before uh, my release party. I use this podcast as much of a learning process for myself as a, a means to expose artists that I like. So mm -hmm. I want to ask you, like, what is you guys' relationship like? What do you have her help you with? Because I've only had horrible experiences with managers. And so I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just curious what a healthy one is like. Oh, she's great. Um I mean, I talk to her almost every day. She's very hands-on. Like, I like to do, like, growing up, I was, like, always into, like, choreography, dancing with my friends, you know? Like, what else do you do before YouTube and, like, you know, what the kids are doing now? You, like, make up dances with your girlfriends. Um, so even, like, we'll go into a room and we'll just, like, dance in the room. We'll put on a song and, like, dance or... You know, I'll sing or, you know, whatever. She's just always very hands-on. And anytime I come up with an idea, like, I just shoot them at her so that I don't forget them because I have a terrible memory. So I'm like, Anna, okay, check this out. Or, I mean, from anything. Yeah. Or, like, there's this – I just met this person who has the same name as this other person that you grew up with, like, anything. Does she handle your day-to-day -day scheduling right now? Yeah. What's the day-to-day -day like? Um, I sell pot <laughs> and then just writing, go to shows here and there, Yeah. Okay. try and fit out time to hang out with friends. But do you write every night when you go home? Like, do you set aside time or does it just happen? I mean, it's all the time. Like, you know, you're either driving and you just like do a little voice note if you think of something or, um, a lot of different sessions. So she just like. I'm just like, keep me busy. She's like, all right. She's like, you want to write with this person? I'm like, yeah. She's like, you want to work with this person? Cool. And then I'm like, D I want to work with this person or I want to write with this person. So we just shoot ideas off each other all the time. And then, I mean, every week I'm in three to, you know, two to three to four days of like writing sessions. And then I write by myself or, you know, because once you start doing it, then you get these things back and then you're like, okay, I got to listen to them and right. <laughs> see like what I want to do to them if you want to use them or it's funny that you mentioned uh riding in the car because yeah when you're in LA it's like you have to drive places and when you're driving places mm -hmm. you're bored as shit and so like that's where all my writing takes place yeah I mean like well that's another thing I'm really bad at going back and listening to them it's like oh man that's great yeah I love that and then I like never <laughs> listen to it so you talk about uh doing choreography with your friends and now i'm getting this picture of you in high school as like were you a cheerleader were you a popular girl oh man okay so wow. <laughs> so me and natalia uh in middle school we we definitely did pop warner testing cobras shout out to the testing cobras yeah, shout out to the testing cobras go, go fighting cobras <laughs> um we did cheerlead i cheerleaded my freshman year of high school and i was like you know what I want to have a good time. So I quit. My mom was so mad. Really? But I stuck with the choir. Was your mom into cheerleading and stuff like that? I think she just liked to be like, oh, my daughter. I get to go watch my daughter do something. Because I like, I played sports, I guess. But What did you play? I played soccer when I was like young. What position? Oh, fuck. I don't fucking remember. <laughs> oh, so it wasn't like a <laughs> serious... It was like when you were a kid, not like when you yeah, were a serious... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It no, wasn't a serious thing. I was thing. a choir Okay, kid. okay. When you quit cheerleading, then what was it? Was it on to raging parties and, and awesome OC lifestyle? I mean, yeah, I guess. We we hung out, you know, with the older boys and... Well, I was still cheerleading freshman year, but yeah, we were having fun. Oh, man. I remember one time uh, my neighbor, they were... Oh, this is so terrible. I can't even believe I'm admitting to this because the family still doesn't even know that we did it. But uh, 
<laughs> so one of the neighbors, they were getting like new landscaping or something. And this girl, I'm not going to say her name, um, but this girl who is my, another neighbor of ours, we all hung out, went to the same school. And so we had this like big slumber party and uh, she had this bright idea to dump a bag of cement on their freshly laid lawn. And I just remember being like, don't do it. Don't do it. I was always the one who was like, this is a bad idea. How did she get an idea to get a bag of concrete? It was well, just it was laying there. in there. Yeah, oh, they were there. Doing... So then what happened? What was the outcome? I don't know. The yeah. parents probably freaked out the next morning because their sprinklers went on and it was like, oh. but it was good. It was all good. I don't know what happened. None of us asked. We were just like, I can't believe she fucking poured the goddamn right, cement. Right, right. I was so scared to go over there, but. Were you like straight A student? Yeah, I always did good in school. I mean. Because I'm hearing, I'm hearing choir and designated driver. And I mean, I, I partied. I had a good time, yeah. but like, I never got into drugs. So like, my parents weren't really worried, and and I always did good in school. So they were like, "All right, she's gonna have her friends over, and we'd have little pool parties or whatever." My parents were pretty cool. Were you in theater? No. Uh, well, I did do uh, Meet Me in St. Louis as a kid. Judy Garland. I got the lead first one. So I was stoked on that. But I did try out for theater in high school and didn't make the cut. Living in L.A., have you had any desire to like kind of want to go on auditions and stuff like that? I know sometimes people when they're doing the music, they end up getting extra work. Maybe that turns into acting work. Has any of that happened with you? I mean, as a kid, like I took acting classes and stuff. And yeah, of course, like I'd, I'd love to get into to acting if it was like the right role or whatever like a fun role or something but no i sing what's your la experience been like tell me about the circles that you run in i always see you at shows and stuff and you hang with a cool crowd <laughs> they're crazy um i don't know well i only knew spit really so i met spit and then he was already homies with brick and so brick was in you know doing his whole do you hang around like the uh, fairfax a lot i see you hanging out with the fairfax kids but are you ever out there on the actual street kicking no. it no i mean what's a girl gonna do <laughs> on the block <laughs> you know i'm just bogo from the block <laughs> where did the name bogo come from my grandpa uh, that's his first name no um you know how like all lauren's go by lolo or Ah, yes. So when I was a baby, he used to call me Lola Bagogo. Oh, and it just stuck? Mm -hmm. So your mom calls you that too? It's not just the nom de plume? No, everyone, yeah, friends. I mean, because growing up, then it just kind of shortened to Bagogo, Bago. So yeah, it's like a family friend nickname. Tell me about, uh, like, why didn't you end up pursuing the fashion thing? Yeah, I just like, I'm really bad at focusing unless I really like it. Mm -hmm. So I'd like have all these like ideas, you know, and I can't just like do a job. I'm always like, I'm going to just really give it my all. <laughs> so like, it's terrible because I would go in and I'd be like, so I spent the weekend like brainstorming all these things and be like, okay, cool. You know, and I'm just like, what? Like, and then like their competitors, like the next quarter are like, oh yeah, we're introducing, launching this whole new thing. And I'd be like, morons. Not even that something I came up with, but just something to like introduced to them that they obviously didn't think of because right. you know when you own a business you get like caught up in the day-to-day -day. as you're in school and you're starting to get more into music how did you approach and explain to your parents that like i've been going through all this schooling <laughs> but guess what i think that instead i'm gonna try to be a singer and how did they react to that oh well my parents are really supportive they like my mom was one, the mom who was like every Christmas, like, okay, so Lauren, you're going to sing Silent Night, right? <laughs> like, no, I'm not. I'm just going to sit here and hang out with the rest of the, you know, the family. But um, no, so they always like pushed me, like, you know, came to all my choir recitals. and. Do they come to your shows in L.A. ever? They do. Um, I mean, it's been far and few between, but yeah, they do come out and my grandma's like front and center, man. She's, she's stoked. I'm going to dance with your grandma at the next show. Oh, oh, I've seen some funny one time, uh, Trevor actually like retweeted. Somebody said like, there's this grandma here. That's like walking around, like bobbing her head. Like she's the coolest person here with grandma Lily. Um, but yeah, no, they're super supportive. So at first they were like, okay, Lauren, 
But then they were like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Like, they know me. I'm just going to, like, do it regardless. Like I said, similar path where I, while I was in art school, it, it kind of, like, started to fade for me. And I started concentrating more on the music and trying to break that to my folks. They were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? My mom is outwardly supportive. But I think that at the same time, she's kind of like, oh, Lee's blowing it. <laughs> But it's a different time now. They know that. They try to understand, but how, how they just know it's different. How do they feel about you selling weed? They actually know, and they're just kind of like, oh, my God. They're like, can you give me a dime bag? <laughs> no, I wish. I've been like, come on, just, you know, you need this. <laughs> but they're not interested. They, uh, they're, I mean, they're just, they know that they give me, like, they support me, so... In my schedule. So they're like, all right, like, at least she can pay her bills and do her thing. Tell me about your live shows. Do you feel like you've got it completely worked out? Are you an old pro on stage? Oh, no. It's like new every time. Half the time, I either don't have a DJ, like, done a little one track. iPod sets? Not iPod set, but I had uh, Gomez make me a little one track. And oh, yeah. so, you know, went out to Texas and just pressed play. And just, On the old like, uh, MacBook Pro? Yeah, you know, just, I mean, I sing. So it's like, I'm not trying to like go up there and be like, okay, I'm this like one man band DJ extraordinaire. It's like, you know, but it is nice when I have like a DJ help me out and like, you know, mix everything. And So do you ever think about kind of going that direction of kind of Becoming the one-man band? Like, have you ever watched Iconopops live set? Uh, I know they are, but I have not. So the way that they perform, it's pretty cool. Like, there's two girls in the group, and they're both kind of on various... It looks like maybe uh, SP404s and laptops and various MIDI triggering devices. Do you have any interest in learning that sort of stuff? Or is it kind of like you want to get up there and sing and move around the stage? Yeah, yeah. Like, I've done a couple shows where I've, like, hooked up my mic through, like, different pedals to, like you know, set up my own reverbs and space echoes and stuff. And that stuff's fun. I just, I like to sing. It's like a totally different thing when I perform than, than the actual record. Yeah. Um, and I, and I like like the rawness, you know, cause with, with all like the effects, you can't really like hear like the ringing, like right. that muddy ring. Right. Um, so I don't know, like I want a live band. What would your ideal stage setup be like what would your band look like how many pieces would it have like if money time and budget were no issue what would your stage show look like oh man as many people there as possible yeah big band stuff i mean i want a jazz band i i just i just liked i nerd out on this stuff so um nerd out with me <laughs> it's i'd like it all you know because every song is totally different and i pull from like so many different inspirations that like you know you have so many people then it's like all right well this next song we're only gonna have like you 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 and you and then the next song will be not you <laughs> the other you's but yeah i mean we're just building with it right now it's like with new i don't know right now i've been working on like new music so that's kind of the live stuff is like really really fun and i just like love doing that because i just love singing so um, the times I've seen you play, I think Caleb has been backing you. Shouts to Caleb Stone. Yeah, Caleb Stone. Actually, um, we've been working on some stuff for this new project. Yeah, too. very talented young producer. He's all great. around just music guy. All around music guy, really funny. What's it like working with Caleb? He sends me beats. Um, we build beats together, and then we're just like starting to like do the writing process. And he samples really interesting shit. Yeah, he's just, like, fun. Like, there's no, like, limit, like, limitations with him. He just, like, goes and does whatever. Yeah. And then I'm like, yes or no or let's do this or this reminds me of that. Let's do this. And he just goes with it. And he's worked with some interesting people. He was in a lot of the internet sessions, mm -hmm. uh, like, kind of the outskirts of the OF stuff. Have you fucked with any of the OF squad? I haven't. I mean, they're all friends. Yeah. Um, but no. Any interest? Yeah, I mean, they're all great. It's just like, it's always like, working with anybody is always like, if you like their music, it's always an interest. But it's just about finding like the right project. Yeah, and the time. Yeah, yeah, the time and just like, if it makes sense, then it just, it happens. Yeah. You know, if it doesn't make sense, then it's like you're trying to force a sound to come out of something that's just not right. What have you been writing about lately? What's inspiring you? 
Oh, Do you find it harder to write when things are good? Because it sounds like things are going really good for you. It's like you got a steady job. You got a good <laughs> boyfriend that you guys just moved in together. Like when that shit happens to me, my writing dies. Like I have to be miserable to write. Do you ever go through that kind of thing? Um, I mean, I don't know. It's like you just like m- not like make shit up, but it's like you just come up with an idea. And it's for me like songwriting is like, OK, you come up with a theme And then you just, like, go in, you know? There's, like, a concept, and then you pick a theme, and then you just, like, tell a story. And sometimes it comes out great, and sometimes you're like, okay, I need to rework this or maybe make the story a little... I'm, like, I'm really into the storytelling. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's always different, you know? You might hear, like, a friend's story or... You know what I mean? I make music, but I still work a job. It's not, like... When can we expect the next project? Oh, man. Well, it's coming along a lot faster than I thought it was um, going to. But I don't know. I It definitely spring. We're just kind of like, I mean, it's just been like writing, writing. And it was actually like just today, me and Anna are like, Anna, we could totally like release like a full length. But we're going to put out an EP. And Why not do the full length? I don't want to give it all away yet. Is the EP going to be free? Is that why you're saying that? Mm-hmm. Are you guys shopping around? Are you taking meetings with labels, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, yeah, we're always we're always talking to people, but it's just been. I mean, I'm having fun doing this. So, yeah. do you think you'll try to stay with like an independent hustle? Mm, I always, it's always here and there on that. Um, I like to be able to have the freedom to do whatever I want. You know, if I want to do a super pop track, or if I want to do some weirdo shroom track. Um, I think it's about finding the right people who are going to like back what you want to do. Then they're going to like allow you to do both. Um, And that's kind of been like what I'm looking for. Like it's not necessarily like I really want to sign with this label and until they, you know, give me a deal. Like it's not really like that. It's just like you you talk to people and it's like if they have what you're looking for and it like works out and it like makes sense and – it's going to actually benefit me in the end, then yeah, let's talk business. But until then, it's just like keep writing and put out music. Right now with what you're doing, if there was one artist career path that you could get yours to mimic, whose would it be? Mm, Dolly Parton. I mean, she's got an amusement park in the Smoky Mountains. (laughs) That's tight. That's tight as fuck. Uh, Have you been? Uh, Actually... That's, I can't even I can't even believe I've never been. I almost went instead. My grandparents made me go to the Jack Daniels Distillery. Mm, I mean, that sounds like a fair trade. Uh, it's in a dry county, so it's really not that fair. In a dry county, how <laughs> yeah. do, how does that happen? I mean, it's been there since the beginning of Jack Daniels, so it's it's now a dry county. It sucks. It's a beautiful place, but you can only buy a commemorative bottle, so you can't taste it. So you go through this whole damn tour, and it's like steaming hot Jack Daniels so you're nauseous like the whole time and then you can't even like take a shot afterwards you what just is it to... what the fuck is a dry county what does that mean like you, you can't, can't drink dr- there at all you can't buy liquor in that county so if you want I mean you can drink in that yeah, county but, but there's no bars or like okay. they just don't like restaurants don't sell and that's in Tennessee mm-hmm. that's there's still a lot of dry counties where else have you traveled anywhere cool I've been to Hong Kong how's um, that that is awesome. There's a lot of cockroaches there. They have great food. Big cockroaches? Oh, yeah. They're, like, everywhere. What's it like going over there being a little bit Chinese? Are you kind of, like, do you have kind of, like, naturally lighter hair? No, I have dark, dark hair. Oh, okay. But, um... I can never tell. When I met you, you had gray hair. <laughs> you had yeah. the, that was, like, a, that was a thing. There was, like, a, there was people dyeing their hair gray. That's crazy. No, I went on a choir, a uh, high school choir tour. Um, with the band and actually the dance guard or the like flat what what are they color guard yeah um and we went i actually convinced my friend marissa to she was like a freshman in uh on the varsity like track team and i convinced her to to ditch that and join choir she cannot sing to go on this trip with me we went to germany switzerland and austria and like sang and the most amazing crazy old churches and how old were you with that i was like what freshman year or something we had to like fundraise yeah 
but it was really, really cool. Yeah, that's a life changer, getting to go overseas like that and sing. That's awesome. Well, you've just never heard acoustics like that. Like, you've never heard a room of, like, a choir of people singing in a room. Like, it's just incredible. What is your favorite music memory of all time? Probably Selena. Being obsessed with Selena. I remember one time my mom, because, like, every time I'd get out of school, I'd, like, put on the Selena disc. Was this before or after she died? It probably was after because I think, well, I was always a Selena fan, like, you know, Dreaming of You, which I, I did get to write with uh, Franny Gold, which was really cool. And she wrote that song. She, um, But it was probably after. My mom used to take me to this, um, like, used CD cassette store. It was by, like, the McDonald's in Burbank. And so I, I got the Selena CD there. But yeah, every day after school, I'd like come home and like put on my Selena, like dance in front of the mirror. Like she, that was a jam. Nice. But uh, one time she left to work with the CD in the trunk. Your mom. Oh, man, I was so mad. I, like I was. Yeah, I was like, this is my routine every day. We do this. What is going on? Selena. <laughs> Selena was like a, an early form of crack or something. Uh, yeah, apparently. An addiction. <laughs> What's your favorite musical accomplishment or like that moment of you performing mm -hmm. that stands out to you? I don't know. It's all fun. Well, the other day I wrote with um, Nick Ruth and we wrote this really cool song that I'm stoked for. I don't know if it's going to be on the EP or on the next project because it's I'm really stoked. Who is Nick him. Ruth? He's like a producer, writer, artist. He's really awesome. Dope. Tell the people where they can find you online. My Twitter is at underscore Bagogo. B-A-G-O-G-O. -O. Mm -hmm. Same with my Instagram. My SoundCloud is just Bago Music. So SoundCloud.com slash Bago, B-A-G-O music. What about YouTube? You got a presence on there? Do you have some videos up? Yeah, um, I think most of them are on Spitz account. Because the first project was, like, weird. It was, like, I didn't have anything. And right. so I think, like, we I have a YouTube account, but there's, like, it's all the same stuff that's on his. So if they type in B-A-G-O on YouTube, will your stuff pop up? Yes. That's tight. That's good. It's a four-letter word. If you type in intuition on YouTube, the Jewel song still comes up. So <laughs> you know. An as-of-yet-unnamed project coming out sometime in spring. Spring. Uh, what are the past projects that they can check out? Where can they find them? If you go to my website, bagomusic.com. Bagomusic.com. You just click on the little album artwork, and it'll take you right to the download. There it is. Bago, thank you so much for coming in. I really thank appreciate you. it. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, my name is Lee, but as you know, uh, I go by intuition sometimes. Follow me on Twitter at It's Intuition. Follow my man, Ben Shim, database behind the boards at I am database, space with two S's. Follow our uh, new Twitter at That's Kind of Neat and peep us on YouTube youtube.com slash that's kind of neat where you are going to find a video of Bago singing a lovely tune for us we'll see you guys next week thank you this was kind of neat <laughs> <laughs>